0: Hope you're doing good. Hopefully you're having a wonderful day. Uh, We're going to jump right in here to the second part, a two-part series on the context of Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Very familiar verse. And here uh, I'm preaching about, as we jump in, about God drawing the Israelites, his chosen people, to jealousy by blinding them for a season and allowing Gentiles, us, Uh, to be grafted in or to be saved, to help draw them back to him. And so that's what I'm getting at here. And so what we'll do is we'll just pick it up at this message uh, right now. So again, thank you for listening and we'll jump right in. And I gave the example to our congregation on Sunday morning the idea of like Christmas and uh, the the Jewish individual can't celebrate a risen Savior can't celebrate uh, eternity with the Lord in heaven and all these things by being saved and so you know their their Christmas is kind of somber right because they're thinking uh, that they don't their Messiah hasn't come yet and all these other things and they're waiting for the Messiah and they're waiting for the temple to be restored they're waiting for all of these things to happen and we don't have to wait we have our sa- Savior we have our salvation we have the book Amen. And so um, we see here that that is supposed to draw them to jealousy. And you can see, again, in that instance of why it, it could draw them to jealousy. Verse 12, Now if the fall of them be the riches of the world, and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? For I speak to you, Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh, and might save some. Of them, So, Paul is saying maybe some uh, Israelites will be saved because of what he's doing. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, that's the Gentile, were grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree, Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root, but the root thee thou wilt then thou wilt say then, sorry, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off and thou standest by faith. Be not high minded, but fear for if God uh, spare, not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee. So there's so much here in the scripture, but for time's sake, and just to be brief, we see that we're God's people, the Gentiles, that we're grafted in, and I'm not a, a someone that's good in the garden, but you can graft in a branch and a plant and all these things. So we are grafted in by grace through faith. It's the gift of God to those that will believe, amen? Israel was blinded by God because of their unbelief, though God's not done with them. He'll go back to dealing with them during the tribulation period. But we must be humble and fear God as we are very fortunate for his allowing us to be saved. That is essentially what Romans 11, 1 through 21 is telling us in a very broad sense, that we are God's people and that we're God's people, number one, to provoke of the Israelites to jealousy. Number two, it's by His grace. And number three, we shouldn't be high-minded and puffed up saying, we're so great, we're lucky to be grafted in. Because if God did that to the natural branches, if He if He blinded His own people, why wouldn't He blind us? He certainly could, and He does, amen. Those that reject His free gift of salvation, they're given over to a reprobate mind. As I understand it, in the tribulation period, it'll be impossible for those to be Gentiles to be saved because they won't understand it, amen. They'll be given over to that reprobate mind They'll believe a lie, as the Bible says. So we see God is sovereign, even when bad things happen. And yet we know that we can take God's word to heart because we are his people. Those that have accepted Christ as their savior are God's people. We are part of God's chosen people being grafted in by what Christ did on the cross. It's God's grace. Amen. Christ shed his blood at Calvary so that we could be saved. And when we believe on Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection, and, and the Bible tells us that God resurrecting Jesus from the grave is proof that he is the Messiah. When we believe on Christ and what he did for us on Calvary because we had a sin debt we couldn't repay, then we're saved. It's as simple as that. We don't need to be a church member. We don't need to have money or connections or status. We don't need a, some kind of high-minded theological degree. We don't need anything other than belief. You know, we are justified by faith. Amen. And that's another theme throughout the whole Bible. And so we see here that we are gods and that the promise that God gave through uh, Jeremiah, the prophet to his own people, the Israelites who are in captivity, we can take that same promise to heart. We can take that. We can say, yes, that's for us. Amen. And we, so we should fear God and obey him because he has a good plan for us in the long term. He has a good plan for us. Now, if we go into Jeremiah 29, we're going to go down to verse 4 here. We're going to see what it says. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon, build ye houses and dwell in them, plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. "...take ye wives, and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons, and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, that ye may be increased there, not diminished. And seek the peace of the city, whither I have caused you to be carried away captives, and pray unto the Lord for it, for in the peace thereof shall ye have peace." Verse 8, for thus uh, saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which you, you ye cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. And then here in verse 10, for thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. And then we have our text verse. For I know the thoughts I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And so here in Jeremiah uh, 29, verses 4 through 11, we get kind of the explanation uh, for what God is up to. And we also get instructions by God for what to do in captivity. And so we see here, first off, uh, to take the latter part, that God's saying, don't be tricked. Some people are going to tell you everything's okay. You're not going to be in captivity. You're going to return to your promised land you know everything is okay and then you go through the book of jeremiah there's a lot of false prophets and jeremiah condemns these false prophets sometimes to their face amen because um they're teaching god's people and 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 certainly leadership hey Uh, this is what's going to happen. It's going to be okay. You don't have to do anything. Uh, You're not really being judged. You're going to go back to the promised land. And what God is saying is, no, number one, you are being judged. Number two, you're going to be there 70 years. That was a long time then. It's a long time now, right? That's a lifetime, right? You're going to be there a lifetime. And by the way, I'll return you after that time. But in the meantime, I've got some things I want you to do. I've got some things I want you to do. And so we see here a very interesting principle that and it's, it's, it's really surprising, right? God is telling us, you know what? I have some things I want you to do while you're in captivity. So we have, uh, you know, sin and unbelief and judgment leading to this captivity. We have arrogance and pride, I'm sure, was there. Would God judge them and allow them to be held captive? And uh, we can see often in our society today uh, a very similar parallel, especially, again, when you look at COVID and uh, a lot of things that have happened over the years in our country here in America, you can see uh, a lot of uh, judgment coming our way, amen? I believe even there's, if you have a wicked leader you don't like, well, guess what? I mean, maybe God allowed that person to come to power as a, as a form of his judgment. He says, oh, you want this wicked leader? Here you go. Now see what happens. And you have all these bad things happen. And so God, in the midst of all this, surprisingly says, you know what? Build. Go ahead and build. You know, that'd be the last thing I would do if I was in captivity. I wouldn't be thinking about, now let me see. Let me build a house, you know? What do people say here? Oh, I want my forever home. Well, you want your forever home in your own town. And God's saying, build there. You know, build up and work. You know, work hard and marry and multiply, you be fruitful. Again, another thing, you know, people today say, do I really want a child to enter into this society, into this wicked world? Does God want me to? You know, I think this is a great indication of what God would have us to do in these last days. Absolutely. I believe that he wants us to work and that he wants us to build. Amen. And think of this you know, in a lot of different levels, he wants us to work, literally go to work. Don't be lazy, okay? Do something for God. Uh, the, the fields are, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few, right? Get out there and work. And at the same time, don't just work to provide for your family, though that is good, but work in the ministry. Don't just build build a house to live in, but build in the ministry, Right? Uh, Be workers, be builders, get married, amen, have a family. But don't just have a family uh, like, okay, you have a physical family, right? And you're being fruitful, which is great, amen. We've got three kids, amen, and I would love more, to be honest with you. Uh, But three has kept us pretty busy. But not just physical, like having kids, but spiritually, being fruitful, working in the ministry to win souls to him, right, to multiply, we are to be fruitful so that when we're brought before God in the day of judgment, we were we feared him and we we reverenced him enough to go out there and serve him and believe him. We had faith that he was who he says he was. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, to paraphrase Hebrews 11, 6. And we brought souls to him, amen? Now, he does the saving, but he looks at us to plant the seeds. And so we're the one that are pl- planting the seeds that, that are... Living our faith out day by day that are witnessing to others that are abstaining from the sinful things that they're not we're not getting caught in the trap front by the author of confusion to do things that will throw people off or get them on a bad track amen uh, people are looking they're looking for a a a, a uh, peace that only God can provide and are we showing them that and when we do, And the Lord uh, wins them as we plant those seeds and we give them a gospel track and we give a testimony. Uh, We might share it on social media. We may talk to someone in person. Uh, We tell people what God has done for us, that God saves them in these last days, amen, miraculously saves them. And that's being fruitful for God. And that's surprising that he wants us to build and to work and to marry and to multiply. And then he says, seek the peace, seek the peace. You know, a lot of uh, clergy out here looks like they're ready to go protest something but here in Jeremiah 29:11 he tells us to seek the peace. So what does this all say about our text verse and about God? God has thoughts to give us peace despite our living in a place of captivity and I'll also say calamity, right? And this is brought on by our sin. Our sin. I asked my congregation on Sunday morning, what did the garden of Eden look like? It was perfect. When did it get compromised? When sin entered the picture. What happened? Death entered the picture. Things got very difficult for man and woman once sin entered the picture. And so we are in captivity because of sin. But God has plans for us while we're held captive. We're not to be idle. And you know what? We're not to have an attitude of giving up. I believe there are some Christians that have just done with the world. They've read enough Bible to understand how wicked the world is, and they have checked out and said, I'm done. Well, God's saying, check back in, get to work, be fruitful, do what I've called you to do, and in due time, since I am sovereign and I have full control as your God, I will bring you home when I see fit. we need to trust God, and we need to be fruitful and, and working for Him. We need to think about this scripture and realize that God knows the future, and the future is bright for the believer. Friend, the future is bright for the believer. Don't let anyone deceive you. All we must do is seek him today with all our heart, and he promises to hear us. You know, there's no longer an excuse for grumbling and mumbling. There's no longer uh, an excuse for, uh, oh, why, God, and oh, this won't, you know, I can never get over this. You know, God is good and his plan is perfect, and in the end, all wrongs will be made right by a sovereign God. God. And so if we know the end, and let's say we're here in the middle to the end of the story, I believe we're at the latter part of the last days. And So we're here at the end of the story, and we know the very end, well, we should be jumping for joy. We should be rejoicing that God has told us, even through Jeremiah 29 and through Romans 11, 11, that we're part of his people, and then Jeremiah 29, that he has a plan for us as we deal with captivity. God didn't say, look, I'm going to leave you in captivity, and I'll be nowhere to be found. God says, seek me and you'll find me, you know, knock and it'll be given to you, right? Uh, open the door. God God is more than willing to provide us with discernment, to give us understanding over these days and times if we're willing to seek him. But are you willing to seek him today? I hope and pray that you are for your sake so that you can have this peace and so you, you can have this direction, amen, so you can know what to do Uh, for God in these last days because God put it in his book. We are out of time today. Thank you for listening. If you want to hear more of our program, check out kjvcafe.com. Tune in next time. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for visiting the cafe today. Our goal is to inspire you with the truth and depth of God's word in a straightforward manner. Do you know Jesus? You can today. Visit kjvcafe.com to learn more about God's great plan of salvation for all of mankind. Until next time, remember, as Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 puts it, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness.